The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Doing that, I was face to face with it. It was holding me by my throat, and it felt like it was sucking something out of me. I probably should have been more scared than I was when I witnessed the exorcism. I turned and looked on my right side. When I did, there's there's a beam on the side of the tree, a large beam. It's looking at me, and I'm looking at it. After I hit the lock button and looked back up, I saw red eyes staring back at me. If they're going to show multiple gods all over the earth, be able to speak in people's languages, and at that point, it kind of converge into this one entity, which will be revealed as extraterrestrial. You'll realize that aliens are the gods of old, and at that point, it'll wipe religion out of the context of humanity. No, it couldn't have been a person, I know that. I know that people can't run through the woods like that. So this thing comes into view, and I see it. It's 50 yards away from me. It's walking. It's walking on two legs. It's huge. This is a big, hairy-looking being. Salt Lake City, Freya. Welcome to Uncomfortable. Thank you. Now you've had uh, you've had some odd experiences. I 
did have a couple of odd experiences um, back in 2003 and 2004. Well, if you wouldn't mind, let's get into that. Okay. Where do you want to start? Um, well, we, li- we lived down in Vegas for um, the year of 2002 and 2003. My kids were really little. They were um, three and two, well, three and one, sorry, <laughs> three and one. And um, the summer of 2003, we were staying down there and I had my first odd experience and that was we were sleeping in the bedroom in our apartment down there and our apartment was set up so that we weren't next to we were not next to a uh, driveway or a street we were uh, facing uh, like a a pool Mm -hmm. area where we were facing other apartments And one night I woke up because there was a bright flash of light that was so bright that it woke me up. I could see it through my eyelids when my eyelids were closed. And I woke up and as I opened my eyes, the light went away. And I jumped out of bed and ran to the window to look and see what was going on, Mm -hmm. thinking that maybe there was a helicopter or that there was something going on out in the courtyard and there was nothing. It was just dark. It was night. There was no, nothing going on. So I went outside to look (laughs) and, um, didn't hear any helicopters, didn't hear anything going on, and um, just came back in and was really kind of shook up that I had had this experience where the light was so bright that it woke me up, but nobody nobody had seen it, nothing had happened. And... um, I really didn't know know what it was. And then it was a few weeks later, but it was the same summer. The same thing happened to me again. And it was closer to morning. And I, like I said, I... I, the light's so bright, I can see it with my eyes closed. And I wake up and it goes away. And I get out of bed and I look out the window again. And my three-year-old wakes up because he was laying next to me. Mm-hmm. And he goes, they're gone. And I looked at him and I was like, who's gone? And he says, the aliens, they're gone. And I just, I, it just gave me pause. I, I was kind of in shock. I, my children don't talk like that. Well, I was going to say a, a three-year-old to use the word aliens. I wouldn't think that would be something that was um, common to their vocabulary. What, no, what, no. What was your, uh, 
what was your knowledge base or your beliefs on on ufos or extraterrestrials at this point i mean was this something um, that you showed a lot of interest in is that something they would have picked up on uh from being around you or well i like science fiction movies but we didn't usually let the kids watch them with us because they were usually rated too high for, for them <laughs> so it's not something that they would have they had a lot of toys that had matched more like marvel superheroes or little people or legos or matchbox cars we didn't have alien stuff around and um our room was set up so that you we had a closet, an open closet that walked into a bathroom. And I, I said, what aliens? And he pointed to the bathroom. And he said, the ones that were in there. So I went and looked in the bathroom and I'm looking around and nothing seems to have been moved. And I go and I walk around the house a little bit and just make sure that the house is okay. (laughs) Because by then I've kind of thought, well, maybe somebody had been in the house. And um, then I, you know, I didn't really see anything out of place the doors were locked so I came back and I sat down on the bed with him and I I asked him about it and he at three years old proceeded to tell me this little story (laughs) and it just it just kind of blew my mind and what was the story The story is that there was a baby alien that got left behind and the mama alien had to come back and get him. And I actually called him this last week to ask him about it. And he remembers. He remembers He's 21 years old. And he said he was too scared to wake anybody up because he didn't know if it was safe. Um, he was, he said that they had brown skin and they were short and skinny. And the mom he remembers the mom coming and getting the baby alien and then they disappeared. That's a, that, that would set one on, on their ear hearing that from yes. a three year old <laughs> child. Now yes. l- let's go back for a second to the, the light. You said when you opened your eyes, it was gone. Did you, did you see it recede? Or the moment you opened your eyes, was was it completely, completely gone? When the moment I opened my eyes, it was gone. 
it was like it hadn't been there, but it was so bright. It woke me up. Did your son ever say anything about the, the light itself? No, he did not. He did not. And what's his perception of, of this now being 21 years old? He believes it happened. Yeah. He's, he, he was talking to me and saying that he totally believes it happened and he can remember it like it was yesterday. Um, he couldn't believe whenever I told him that it happened when he was three, he was like, Oh, I didn't realize I was so young. <laughs> and I said, that's why I believed him <laughs> Yeah, because, um, usually you don't get those kinds of stories from three-year-old children. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it, you make an interesting point because I can remember going out in the backyard at my house and uh, swinging my son on a, on a swing set that we had out there. And mm -hmm. uh, it was a beautiful blue day. We we're facing the back of the house. I was swinging him, And, uh, you know, again, he was, he was around three years old. Uh -huh. And, uh, at some point during, during my swinging him, he, he kept looking up to the sky, which I suppose yeah. was, was normal for being on a swing. But, uh, he started to tell me how it had been a long travel for him to get here. Oh, that's very interesting. And I, I was like, what are you talking about, buddy? And he's like, it took an awful long time for me to get here. I had to go through a long, I had to, I had to go a long distance to get here. Now I will say this, when my son was uh, a baby and just started talking, he never, mm -hmm. he never really went through that baby talk stage. When he started talking, he was uh, very, very articulate. Um, oh yes. You know, you didn't, we didn't go through a stage with him where it was like you were trying to decipher what he was trying to say, you know? Um, oh yeah. So he was always very well spoken and I, that that's always stayed with me. I just, you know, he never really, and I didn't press him too much on it, but you know, for him to say something in that context yeah. was, was really, really strange for me. Yeah, definitely. I think it's very interesting that they can, that any child would articulate something like that at three years old. Yeah, exactly. You know, but I have to say that by the age of five, I was obsessed with UFOs. I was fully obsessed by the age of five. And, you know, I'm 56 years old. Oh yeah. So back then we didn't have internet. We didn't have tablets in our hands. We didn't have any um, streaming service where we could go and watch any number of UFO documentaries or extraterrestrial documentaries, you know, anytime oh, right. we wanted to. So I always thought it was strange that I was so compelled to be interested in that subject at such a young age. And, right. you know, I, the, the validation I have for it is, um, there was a movie years ago called Chariots of the Gods, and it was mm -hmm. uh, based on Eric Von Daniken's uh, book 
of the same name. And that movie came out in 1970. And I begged and pleaded with my parents to take me in and ended up convincing my grandmother while she was babysitting me to take me to see it. Oh, and, yeah. And that, you know, I mean, that was 1970. So I was literally five years old. And uh, wow. so, yeah, it's it's been a strange journey for myself on this topic. Um, I don't know. I don't know why it's been something that it's been so prevalent in my life. Uh, I've had one experience that I could say was probably a peripheral experience of, of this subject matter. And it was, again, it was lights. Um, but I never saw the source of the light. Mm-hmm. Um, I just saw the residual effects of it. And, uh, you know, shortly after that, in our local newspaper, there was a short three or four sentence report of unusual lights being sighted over Claffey's field, which was a field that was right outside of my neighborhood, like one street away. So it, it was, it was somewhat vindicating to, you know, have some kind of corroborating evidence, I guess, <laughs> yes. of what I saw, but, uh, you know, did during this time, did you, were there any, um, any type of, uh, peripheral effects? Did you, you know, was there missing time? You already stated that you walked around the, the apartment and nothing that seemed to be out of place. Was there, were there any unusual marks on any of you or any, uh, recurring mm-hmm. dreams that would have been based on, on the event? Um, not that I can remember. Um, it's, it's been a long while now. Um, I, I do remember that I was looking more into like what was going on about area 51 at the time, because we lived so close to that. Mm And once this happened, I was like, wow, I really believe something is going on down here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, being in Utah, do you have any idea how close you were to uh, the Skinwalker Ranch area? No. (laughs) The Unitaw Basin? I, I I didn't realize that that was a thing. No. Yes, very unusual. Very yeah. unusual stuff has been going on there for a, a good number of years. Oh, okay. No, I didn't even realize. I just have been o- more open to things happening outside of my my visual cortex, I guess I should say, <laughs> um, since these things have happened with my children. I know that once we moved back to Salt Lake City after this summer, we had one more experience. And what was that? Um, We had put the same child into a preschool and we, um, I went and picked him up from preschool one afternoon and we were driving back from preschool which was about a half an hour drive and 
he started throwing this terrible fit in the back seat. And um, I was trying to get him to calm down while I was driving, talking to him. Um, he was about three and a half by this time. And he wouldn't settle down. He just got, it just got worse and worse and worse. And so finally I pulled the car over. Um, I was not on the freeway. I was on a side road. I pulled the car over and got out of the car, got him out of the car, put him on my hip. And I was trying to get him to settle down and he was just shaking and holding on to me. And I was like, what is wrong, buddy? What is wrong, you know? And um, he pointed up at the sky and he said, are those good aliens or bad aliens? Oh, my. And I looked up at the sky and it was a pretty blue day, little flits of white clouds, but mostly blue day. And I couldn't see anything, but I had the presence of mind to say they're good aliens. Mm -hmm. And he, he kind of relaxed and put his head down on my shoulder like he was in relief and stopped crying, but just held on to me really tight. And, um, then he, he settled down enough that I was able to put him back into the car. And we were able to drive home. And I also asked him about this incident when I talked to him a couple of days ago. And he said that, that he remembers that there was a big ship in the sky. And it flew away after I said that they were good aliens. It just kind of was hovering above and then it took off and it, and he didn't see it again. Well, you, you, so, get, you get a lot of, uh, throughout all of high strangeness, whether it be, uh, hauntings or paranormal activity or, you know, UFO accounts, stuff like that. You get several reports. It's fairly common that children at a young age, they're, their ability to see these things is much greater than, than ours. And whether that's because we've, um, you know, tuned ourselves out of believing in these kind of things. Um, right. they're, they're much more open to their, their ideas of reality have not been, um, skewed or, or changed by what they've been taught yet. And yes, Exactly. Has he had yeah. has he had any long lasting effects from these things? Um, not that I can tell. He, we are both very much sci fi fans, though. Mm -hmm. We, both of us, um, watch a lot of sci fi movies and read a lot of sci fi books and interesting facts and so what, what are your, what are your thoughts on uh, on the the recent uh, soft disclosure of the 
of the U.S. government and, and other governments throughout the world um, finally starting to release uh, video evidence of these things uh, as, as related to their um, military pilots. Well, I think it's about time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, because they would deny it for such a long time, but people know, you know, there's too much evidence, pictures and videos that people have taken that, that show things have happened. So it's not a surprise to me that pilots have seen things that they can't explain. Mm -hmm. You know, back to your, your son's description of uh, the, the mother and baby alien. Mm -hmm. Have you ever been able to formulate any kind of a, a, a reasoning or an idea behind why that, why he would have seen that, especially in the threshold of your bathroom? I don't know. I, I really, the only thing I can think of is that I, I have opened my house up to any kind of different beliefs. I myself am um, pagan, and so I am open to things being around that I cannot see. And so I, the only thing I can think of is that they might have felt comfortable coming to my house. I don't know. You know, now, and this is an indictment of being pagan, um, but his description as, of their color as being brown is not something you typically hear of. Um, they're usually right. light, light gray or uh, uh, a pale grayish green, um, something to that extent. Yeah, he was also three, so I don't know. Um, gray is not usually a color we talk about at three. <laughs> Nor are aliens. <laughs> Nor are aliens. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure. And I yeah. guess the reason I bring that up is, you know, with your, your pagan beliefs, do you practice any sort of um, pagan rituals, I guess I would, would be the best way to say it? I, I do. I, um, you know, I put salt around my, the outside of my, um, not the outside outside where the grass would grow, but around the very, um, edges of my house to keep any negative energy away or, um, I celebrate the, um, Wheel of the Year celebrations, the moon, full moons, and different things. Yeah. Have you ever considered the possibility that what you guys experienced was something more related to that than extraterrestrial? I actually haven't until now. <laughs> I suppose it could be. 
out because, you know, based on his description and understandably he's three years old. So I agree that, right. you know, the, the colors that he, uh, he indicated may have been, uh, because he wasn't aware of the color gray. Right. Um, but he was smart enough to utilize the word alien. This is true. This is true. Um, you know, not to get too much into your business, but you know, like throughout your rituals, uh, with the, within the pagan belief, do you, um, do you call on any spirits or. I call, I call on fairies. I call on fairies. And I, um, my, my other son who is, um, younger than him by 22 and a half months used to say that he saw fairies whenever he was little. Um, and I didn't discourage him from, you know, I didn't say, no, you don't see fairies. <laughs> right. And I think, but, that, uh, and I think that's a mistake a lot of parents make when, when kids start talking about these unusual, uh, witnessing unusual things is they're very quick to jump to uh, to quell that and to you know discourage their children from talking about these things and i think right. ultimately that's why we grow up to be adults who who do not recognize these things or are ignorant to them uh, because of yes. our, because of our conditioning exactly exactly but both of them have, as they have grown, have not seen any other unusual things. Um, but those 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 things stick out in my mind, definitely as as points that happened that were very unusual. That is very unusual. Yeah. And nothing nothing related to you personally. You know, everything no. everything seems to be uh surrounding your children. Yes. Yes. It was their own stories and their own sightings and it it wasn't anything that I did. Or said, and I just allowed it to happen and didn't tell them it wasn't true. Have you so, ever have you ever investigated uh, looking into any accounts of trying to find somebody that would have experienced the same thing you had? Well, I've told several people trying to find people who have experienced similar situations. And I usually find people who've experienced um, ghost sightings mm -hmm. more than anything. Um, or heard different sounds that they can't really describe. But um, I haven't come across anybody who's had a similar experience with anyone being in their house 
that they that their children or them would have called an alien. No. Do you still live at the uh, same residence? Um, <laughs> actually, it's really funny. <laughs> I um, had moved to Idaho and have moved back to Utah in the time in the time in between, and I'm actually at the same apartment complex as we had lived at when he was three. We're just in a different apartment bi- apartment. Yeah. But we're in the same apartment complex. <laughs> That's funny. That is, it's unusual. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if, uh, I wonder if there was a, a conversation had between you and, and people that are currently living in the building that you were at when you had these experiences, if, uh, if anybody would be open to, um, admitting to you whether or not they've had any kind of experiences. Oh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I would have to check around. That would, that would be, if it were me, (laughs) that, that would be the rabbit trail that I would go down first. Yeah. uh, you know, or even check with the uh, uh, complex manager. And, you know, I mean, a lot of people don't choose to talk about these things, but then again, there's, right. there's people that will actually leave a place because of experiences that they're happening. So I wonder, right. I wonder if the apartment manager would uh, would have any reports from that. Well, very interestingly enough, this apartment complex has undergone so many buyouts and gone through so many managers. It has never stayed in the same hands Hmm. for more than a couple of years. Hmm. It just keeps getting bought out by a different company and a different company and having a different manager and a different manager. Well, very interesting. Nothing, uh, nothing recent. Nothing that's noteworthy of uh, any other unusual experiences in your life. Um, trying to think. I'm kind of curious as to the no. your, your interactions with the uh, with the Fay. Well, <laughs> I and I know that they take care of me. I um I believe that they are real. I have a tattoo of a fairy on on me. I um light candles uh for spells and call on the fae to protect my home. And I know that they do um because I have had lots of things happen like running out of money and then having just the right amount of money come in for a bill or um, having food come in just right at the time that we need it or, you know, things that are just not explainable. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I know taking, yeah, yeah. I just know that, um, 
there's someone watching out there for me. <laughs> but no actual interactions with uh, uh, a specific Faye? Um, I had a dream. I did have a dream um, this last summer. And a fairy came and was in my dream. She was orange, dressed in orange, and she gave me a name in my dream. And when I woke up, I wrote the name down because I didn't want to forget it. And then I searched for it online, and I cannot find anywhere or anyone who knows of this name. What was and the name, name? The name is Gashvacan. That's an unusual name. Very unusual, yes. Gashvacan? Gashvacan. I don't know how to spell it. <laughs> I've spelled it every which way I can think of, and I have not been able to find any information on it. So I don't think I've seen it anywhere before that I would have dreamed about it because of something I've seen. Unusual. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And what is your, what's your, uh, what's your take on the interaction with the Fae? Are they, um, are they solely to uh, help and support or, are there, um, are there nefarious? Uh... There definitely can be nefarious Faye, <laughs> definitely. I think my own personal belief is that in a former life, I have been Faye and that I have a special connection so that I can call on them and get help and support but I don't go around encouraging people to call on the Faye because you never know who you're going to get. Mm. That sounds familiar. <laughs> does it? Well, it, it does sound much like reaching out to, uh, much like reaching out to spirits. Yes. And, you know, you may, you may be, you may have the intent that you're reaching out to uh, something specific, but being in a realm that you cannot see or have proof of who they are, um, right. literally anything can answer you and por right. portray themselves as being what it is you think you want to speak to. Um, exactly. Actually, as we've been talking, I remembered one other incident. <laughs> well, please. Sure. That, um, was very, very unusual. Um, it was, I, I went and got this tattoo back in 2000, the fall of 2004. And we went up to Idaho to get the tattoo and did a small ritual um, afterwards with candles to release myself from a toxic family situation. And the night that we spent up in Idaho, I was worried about my new car. I had just bought a new car, and we were staying in a small town, and I didn't want anyone to break into it. So I walked around the car saying a small spell to protect the car from getting broken to. 
And then it was a couple of years later, I was moved up to Idaho and went to a pagan um, get-together. And um, I had arrived at the get-together and was sitting in uh, a building. And someone came in and the someone said, whose car is outside that's invisible? And everybody starts looking around and they're like, I don't know. I don't know. She says, somebody has put a spell on their car and out in the driveway, their car is invisible. It's going to get into a wreck with somebody if they don't take the spell off their car. And finally I said, well, a couple of years ago, I put a spell on my car. She says, come show me which car is yours. So I went out to show her which car was mine. And she goes, this is the car that has a spell on it. How did she know it was there? Did she bump into it? Or was she able to see through your spell? She was able to see through my spell. And um, she says, you're going to have to take the spell off your car because other people are not going to be able to see your car on the road. And so... I did a spell to take to take away the the protection that I had done two years before, and I haven't had any trouble. Um, and I don't have that car anymore. But that was a very unusual experience. That is very unusual. Yeah. And that that woman and I became friends for a while until they had to move back to Texas. So is that, is that something that's common with the spell that you used that something becomes invisible? I just, I just, you, I just said my own words. I did not use an, a, a specific already written spell. <laughs> I just said my own words and did the best that I could because I was just learning at the time. So, so that is, was is that to lead lead one to believe that it's not necessarily that you have to follow a spell um, word for word or by letter? Yes, you don't you don't have to um, you don't have to follow a certain pre written spell. It's, um, it's more based on your intention, correct? Yes, it is more based on your intention, which is very common with people that I talk to who, who practice these types of things. It's all, yes. it's all based on intention. Yeah. Interesting. So anyway, those, those are some interesting things, but the most recent one is the dream that I had about the Fae that came in my dreams. Yeah, I can. Yeah, I did a quick search and I was not able to find anything with that name as well. Yeah. There's a ton of fairy there's a ton of fairy names, but I didn't yeah. see that as one of them. Yeah. So I just I consider her like a a personal fairy that must be watching out for me. Because I don't have any other I don't have any other explanation for that. <laughs> well, I hope I hope that what you are contacting and what you consider to be fate are are indeed that 
not not to put any thoughts in your head that weren't already there. But I would, <laughs> well, I, I believe they are. <laughs> <laughs> I believe they are, and I also believe that they have no ill will for me because I have been following this path for since 2004, and nothing but good things have happened in my life. So, well, that's good. Yeah. Well, Freya, thank you so much for being a guest on tonight's show. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. It's been a pleasure talking to you. And if you would, if you have any other experiences, please feel free to reach out. Definitely. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you, dear. I want to hear your story. I want to hear your experience. So email me at contact.uncomfortable at gmail.com If you enjoy the show then leave us a rating and a review on iTunes Share the show with your friends Share the show on social media Make sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Twitter All at Uncomfortable Podcast And until next week My friends Stay uncomfortable. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.